And I think that taking a moment to make sure that we are breathing deeply and taking in enough air can make a pretty big difference. creative souls you are listening to episode 52 of never wear boring socks i'm anna barnard and i'm maria ramsey and today we're going to be talking about anxiety and before we get into this big complex topic anna i'm anxious to know what socks you're wearing today oh very nice very nice segue well thanks um i'm wearing i'm wearing another pair of costco socks like i did last week yeah they're really they're really great um, they're nice and thick and warm, and these ones are blue. They have some like light bluishy gray stripes here and there. And I wore these because it's still cold out. I think it's I think we have a low in the negatives this week here, so Ew. it's getting chilly. That is and chilly. They also match my outfit quite nicely. So nice. Yes. What socks are you wearing today? I'm wearing a pair of new socks that my mom gave me for my birthday this past weekend. And they're navy and they have red and blue snowflakes on them. Ooh. They're very cute. And I really like that they're festive, but like not too overtly Christmassy. You know, because I have some nice Christmas socks that have like little Christmas stockings and ornaments on them. They're very cute. But then I don't feel like I can wear them in January and February or if I'm not quite ready to wear my Christmas socks. So I like the the little little more versatile festiveness of these socks. Very nice. And I needed some new socks. So it was a good birthday present. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday. Thank you. Yay. So anxiety is what we're talking about today. Why do you think we should talk about it, Anna? Why is this an important subject to discuss on Never Wear Boring Socks? Mm. Uh, That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think we both have had experiences with anxiety. Oh, yes. So familiar. Yes, we can speak to this a little bit. Um, And I mean, I think... Mental health is getting a lot more attention um, in mainstream conversations and things like that. But I think the more visibility we can bring to it, the better. Um, And I think anxiety is one of those topics where a lot of people experience anxiety and it can be experienced on quite a broad spectrum so sometimes I think it's harder to talk about because people aren't really sure if they have it or if they do, they don't think it's as valid as talking about as maybe other forms of mental health issues. Um, I know sometimes I've talked, I'm very vocal about, like I I had a pretty um, bad bout of anxiety last year or this past semester in the spring and I know that I had to really like talk through it with people 
And so I was very vocal about my anxiety, but I know I was always worrying if I was kind of like diminishing other people's experiences, which is not the case, but everyone processes it differently. So I think it's important to create a space where we can talk about it and provide resources that have helped us and just speak to our own experiences um, and encourage conversation amongst people if they're comfortable with that. Yeah, I guess Mm -hmm. that's what I would say. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think that it it can feel kind of isolating if you're not talking about it, because like you said, you don't really know like what what to talk about exactly. You don't know what other people are experiencing. And a lot of us do experience anxiety. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we can feel like we're not alone in that experience and know that other people are going through similar things. And I think, like you said, I think mental health is getting more discussion in mainstream conversations, which I think is a good thing. But I think something that's important to note is you don't necessarily have to be like officially diagnosed with anxiety to experience anxiety. And like you, you spoke to this a little bit, but I think sometimes those of us who feel like maybe we have a more like minor form of anxiety or are really good at covering up and maybe haven't been diagnosed, um, feel like, yeah, like, like who am I to talk about this? Or like say that I'm experiencing anxiety because my anxiety is not as bad as other people's. Right. Maybe that's true, but that doesn't mean that your experience is not valid. Yeah. And also, I mean, what's what's tricky about talking about anxiety is that anxiety is like manifests itself really differently for yes, different that's people. Very true. Um, and so it can be hard to and sometimes the label is helpful. For me, it was helpful to know, like, this is what is going on and this is what I can do to make it better. Like, I mm-hmm. have anxiety, but like it doesn't always have to be labeled. But that doesn't mean that you're not going through something that needs to be taken care of um right and also it, it like for me i had anxiety as a kid not always super bad but it was usually associated with um like certain fears or worries or concerns about certain things so it was very like thought or circumstance driven mm-hmm. but my recent anxiety I don't even know why it started. It's been much more like physically manifesting and it's been harder for me to identify triggers. And so it's very different than it's been in the past. And so Mm -hmm. like anxiety can also change for an individual over time. And again, that doesn't mean that it's less valid or anything or that we can't keep talking about it. Um, It is harder to deal with when it changes, I think, because there's there's more to be thinking about. But again, I think we need to make room for those conversations. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm glad that you pointed out that it can change what it looks like. Because I, I relate to what you said. I was also a very anxious kid in a lot of ways. Um, I remember <laughs> one of my doctors at one point had a note that I was apprehensive. <laughs> that was like something she had written down in her notes to remember for next time, which uh, was uh, very accurate. <laughs> right. <laughs> in many situations when I was a child. Still sometimes now, but it does sometimes manifest differently in my life now than it did when I was little. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and so I think it's just like we need to talk about these things so we can sort through those various changes. And so I think because anxiety is so different for everyone, talking about it more helps us practice empathy for other people. Because if we're like, well, Mm -hmm. I have anxiety, but their anxiety doesn't look like mine, then it can't be anxiety. You know, like we need Mm -hmm. to be aware that it's going to manifest differently for everyone. And even if we don't exactly understand what they're going through, I mean, some people could have both two people could have anxiety, but they could really not relate to each other's experiences, depending on how that anxiety was manifesting. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to empathize with them and accept what they're telling us about their mental health struggles and and things like that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why anxiety can be a little bit difficult to talk about is because I think it is kind of an umbrella term for so many different experiences because different people experience it in different ways and in different times of our life and even like now in this period of my life sometimes my anxiety looks different yesterday than it did today you know yeah well yeah I mean it's so much an umbrella term like the the diagnosis for anxiety usually is generalized anxiety disorder. <laughs> so you're like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. And I filled out like doctor intake forms um, asking about like what symptoms I've had. Mm-hmm. And like it's helpful, but it's like maybe I'm having completely different symptoms and they're still have to do with things that like they're still making me anxious or maybe. I only rank like a three on the GAD thing, but that's because one of my symptoms is really bad and the other ones are not as bad. And then, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's yeah. like it can be helpful, obviously, with, with diagnosing and things like that. But again, one, you don't have to be diagnosed to have anxiety. And two, I think it is just helpful to remember that it can manifest in so many different ways. And like those intake forms are helpful, but if you are going to a professional, just like talk to them about what you're experiencing and explain what you're experiencing, because that's really what's going to be most helpful. Yeah, I think that's true in most healthcare situations. Yeah. I think it's the most helpful is if you can find somebody who's willing to listen to you and try to figure out what's going on rather than just trying to slap a diagnosis code on you, because they are, again, they can definitely be helpful in some cases, but it's also like everybody's experience is so different. And like you said, we don't always fit into those exact categories of what the diagnosis requires. Yeah, definitely. So it's tricky. And I also want to go back to something you said earlier about how you feel like you used to experience anxiety related to certain thoughts and fears. And now it sometimes shows up and you don't know why or what's triggering it. And this is something that I wanted to talk about today because I think this is really interesting that sometimes I've experienced this also. Sometimes I know exactly why I'm feeling anxious. It's like some thought pattern that's coming back or some thing that's happening in my life. And I can point to that is making me feel worried and nervous. And that's why I have a knot in my stomach and I'm like tensing on my body. And then other times I just feel anxious and I don't know why. And I think that's really frustrating and difficult to deal with when you don't know why. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah, this has been, like, really frustrating for me. Yeah. Dealing with uh, this, like, kind of new type of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I would say it, like, came out of the blue for me 
So I think it was probably like a combination of like going to college and like having roommate changes and like Mm -hmm. various things. And I think it was probably just like a long time in the making, which is fine. Like if that's how I have to cope with lots of transitions, I can deal with it, you know, but that doesn't mean it's not it doesn't mean it's pleasant. Right. Um, um, but no, I, when I was a little kid, I would like worry. I was very much like a worrier and that's where my anxiety would come in. And I would be like, I remember oh my, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was knowing it was, like, you as a kid. Yeah. Like it would be like thought spirals and things like that. Um, and my mind would be very preoccupied and what I've been experiencing this past year is like completely opposite of that. It's been very much like, um, it's very physical reactions mm-hmm. to who knows what. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's very much like um, my stomach will be hurting or um, I will like start sweating and things like that. So, like, yeah. um, and I ne- a lot of times I don't know why it's happening. Um, so, it's hard to treat it when that's going on because it kind of just feels like a chemical imbalance probably because it's just like my body somehow reacting to something and I don't know what. And so it's not like I'm thinking about a certain thing and I'm like, well, how can we think about this differently? It's like, I'm just going to have to breathe through it and see what right. happens, you know? Right. And which is, again, I think it's harder in some ways and easier in some ways than the thought because dealing with, with thought patterns that are like anxious thought patterns can be so tricky too. Right. I mean, like it just, you just really need to I spent a lot of time trying to figure out the best way to treat my anxiety and I think the time I spent on that paid off mm-hmm. um, but I think that's like one of the things that you have to do you know and mm-hmm. one of the I don't know one of the things that was really important for me was just re- remembering that this isn't supposed to like take me out or anything like it's something mm-hmm. that lots of people deal with it's not fun to deal with but it's manageable you know mm-hmm. like there are lots of ways to treat it but um, if this is how your body and your mind are reacting to what's going on in your life right now, that's okay. But just kind of starting to identify the things that are going to make it better. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, a lot of times, like this past year, I'll have like a little anxiety or something. I'll be like talking to my mom about it. I'm like, I don't really know why it happened. She's like, yeah, we don't we don't need to figure out why it happened. It yeah. just did. You know, like I'm very much a person who wants to find the causes of things. Yeah. So then I can I like too. attack the cause or whatever. But it's like sometimes you just have to deal with the effects of it and then like keep moving on. Which is, it, yeah. I think it's just like retraining my brain to deal with anxiety in a new way, which honestly has like equipped me with a lot of new helpful tools um, to deal with it in the future, I think. So I think from that perspective, it's been helpful mm-hmm. um, and to like kind of get more used to discomfort and instead of like obsessing about it, like accepting it and things like that. Um but yeah, that's my little that's my little monologue on yeah. on that experience. But no, it's it's hard when you like can't identify the cause. Um and like my best answer for that is just like be accepting of yourself and like do it like step back and do what you need to do to treat it, you know, cuz mm-hmm. sometimes it's harder to treat if you don't know the cause, but it doesn't mean it's untreatable, you know. Yeah, and I also think that we can maybe sometimes there's a place for just treating the symptoms in the moment. Right. And then maybe looking for the cause later when you're feeling better, because sometimes like if you're so anxious and like caught up in what's going on, 
it's not going to be productive if you're trying to analyze what's going on. Sometimes you just really need to deal with the symptoms first. And then maybe later, if you still want to figure out what's going on, you can take the time to do that. But yeah, I think a lot of the time it is like like you said, some like chemical imbalance, like some biological reason that we don't logically understand or like something subconscious going on. Right. Like I recently have sort of been realizing I hold a lot of tension in my body and I, that didn't really like occur to me. That was kind of an emotional thing, but I'm realizing that there's a lot of like really deep kind of subconscious emotional patterns that are causing me to do that. And it's not like just a physical thing, but that's also really hard to figure out when it's so subconscious and so ingrained. It's like not exactly a thought pattern that are maybe a little easier to identify if not to deal with. Yeah. I do have to say that having to deal with this more like physically manifesting anxiety has really, um, gotten me in touch with like that mind body connection that we've talked mm-hmm. about a lot i mean like yeah. it's so obvious to me at this point yeah. you know? <laughs> right you know like my stomach will start hurting and i'm like there's no reason why this should be happening mm-hmm. but it's obviously something to do with my brain and it's not right. like i'm ill or anything like that you know so i think it's given me like a greater appreciation for the things that i can do to treat myself um i've personally used a combination of holistic things in western medicine and like that's been really helpful for me Mm -hmm. you know and so recognizing that that integrative approach is something that can be really beneficial with this type of thing has been like really empowering which is cool Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's valuable to realize that we can uh we can use an integrative approach. So like, it doesn't have to be all holistic and it doesn't have to be all like the more traditional Western allopathic symptom focused approach. It can be something that's a combination of the two. Yeah, definitely. And I think especially if you're like dealing with really acute symptoms, sometimes like we were talking about earlier, you just need something that's going to treat the symptoms so that you can like move on enough to be able to, do some of the more holistic things exactly yeah i like that's true for me i've used like a combination of like long-term and short-term things Mm -hmm. you know so there are things that i can do to help kind of correct my thinking in a long-term way but like if my stomach is hurting from anxiety i have like a ginger aroma therapy inhaler that i can use Mm -hmm. you know and like that's not gonna fix it long term but it's gonna help me calm down in that situation yeah right so recognizing things like that, that will help for sure. Yeah. Well, I definitely experience anxiety in my stomach and digestion as well. Yeah. I think that's common for a lot of people probably. Yeah. And we don't always realize that it has a emotional or mental component to it. But I've spent a lot of time in my life trying to figure out like what foods agree with me best and kind of what's going on with my digestive system. And the conclusion that I'm, excuse me, my nose is kind of stuffy. <laughs> the conclusion that I'm coming to more and more is that it's really more related to my emotional state than what I'm actually eating. Yeah. 
And like the state I was in when I made the food and the state I was in when I ate the food, was I rushing? Was I feeling nervous about something? Was I like tensing my body for who knows what reason? Those things all affect your digestion in a big way, I think. Yeah. Or they can for some of us anyway. Yeah. No, I'm glad you pointed that out. That's helpful. And yeah, I mean, the physical manifestations of anxiety, it is very much a training and figuring out like what part of it is anxiety and what part of it is just your body not reacting to something well, you know, because sometimes maybe it is just a digestive thing. (laughs) Uh, But um, I think, again, it's helped me a lot personally with like intuition and like listening to my body and Mm -hmm. recognizing what's going on rather than just like freaking out yeah Um, so again we talk about the whole like knowing yourself better and getting in touch with your intuition and obviously anxiety isn't something to be glorified or whatever but like there are some silver linings I guess Mm -hmm. you know if we can focus on that rather than just go down the rabbit hole it can be helpful Yeah. Well, and I like what you said earlier about accepting how you're feeling versus freaking out about it, because that brings me back to this thing. I know I've mentioned it in previous episodes, but the thing that stuck with me the most from this meditation class that I took with a Buddhist nun in college, the one thing that she said was like something along the lines of you have the choice whether to suffer once about something or whether to suffer twice about something. So it's like you can be anxious and feeling not good. And then you can also be like anxious about the fact that you're feeling anxious, you know, but that's the part that you can control. You can control your response to it, even if you can't control the first feeling and what's going on. And it's definitely easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, like if I think that's what's been helpful for me when like sometimes I know that sometimes I can't control my anxious reaction. Like sometimes I'll just have like a moment of anxiety and I don't mm-hmm. know what triggered it. But the thing that I can try to control is like how I cope with it. Yeah. And like yeah. how I react to it. Right. Yeah. And one other thing that I wanted to bring up since we've been talking about cycles recently we talked about the Mm, menstrual cycle with nina in episode 50 and then we were also talking about seasons in an episode before that i think that a lot of times our anxiety and our mental health is related to whatever cycles we're going through yeah could be menstrual could be seasonal could be other cycles as well but sometimes we're like not really taking the time to stop and realize what point in the cycle we're in so i think it's easier to get frustrated with ourselves if we don't notice that maybe we're feeling anxious because it's a certain part of our menstrual cycle or maybe it's winter and you tend to feel more anxious in the winter or something like that but I think it can be helpful to recognize yeah no I'm really glad you brought that up for sure yeah it it, anxiety isn't always static you know Mm -hmm. it it can come and go a lot so oh yeah and I think that is one way to think about it and to if you are trying to identify ways that you can kind of like predict when it's going to happen obviously you can't always but that's one way that can help yeah and maybe not exactly predict like you said but but like prepare yourself for the Mm -hmm. possibility you know if you know that the certain time is coming up that you have 
the tendency to be more anxious. Maybe you can be proactive about self-care and talking to the people who are helpful to you or like having things on hand that you know are going to help you. Yeah. And I remember Nina, when we were talking to Nina, she said, um, sometimes you can get anxiety in the ovulation phase of your menstrual cycle. And Mm -hmm. she said one day she was feeling anxious and she didn't know why. And then she was like, oh, I'm ovulating. That's probably why. And I think there's a sense of like empowerment and acceptance that you can gain from that when you recognize that it's not like anything that you did or, you know, it's just, yeah, you're part of ever-changing cycles of things. And that's going to affect your mental and physical health. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes it, it easier to, to accept. Right. And it doesn't have to be static all the time. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's definitely not static. I mean, I find for me, I'll have like a a period of time where I f- am feeling super anxious. And sometimes it is based on like events that are happening. But it's not like the events during that time are any more stressful than at other times. They're just mm-hmm. making me more anxious for that month or whatever it is. And then, like, the next month, I'll have basically the same things on my plate, but it's fine. Yeah. You know, and I don't know why. So, it's tricky. Yeah. Well, we've talked a bit about how we don't always know the triggers for anxiety, but sometimes we can at least be aware of some things that have the possibility Mm -hmm. for triggering our anxiety. So... Do you want to kind of talk about some things that act as triggers for you, Maria, to be aware of? Yeah. Well, I think one thing I want to say is I think they're probably different for different people. Yeah. We all have our own kind of triggers for anxiety. But I know some, for me, are one big one. is trying to do too many things or go too fast and not taking the time to slow down and check in with myself and just like have the downtime that I need. That definitely shows up, especially in my body with physical symptoms, I think, maybe even more than mental. And like not taking the time to take care of ourselves when those little signals show up, like the little subtle signals of things maybe feeling a little bit off emotionally or mentally or physically. Um, And if I don't take the time to kind of deal with them when they show up in a small way then they tend to get more serious yeah that's definitely a good point i was noticing that this semester like my anxiety has been way better since i've been able to treat it and deal with it Mm -hmm. but i noticed that like coming back to school after being more relaxed in the summer that i was starting to feel a little more anxious just because i was doing more and i wasn't taking as much time for self-care And now that I recognize that and have been making self-care a more intentional thing for me that I've been feeling better mentally, you know? And so it, it, and it could not be like, it's going to be out of control or anything like that, but making sure you're taking breaks, I know has just been really helpful for me because yeah, it's like Mm -hmm. just going and getting caught up in things and not really realizing that, you're not taking the breaks that you need. I mean, that's like our pace of life, at least in the United it States. It is, and you I know, think it's unhealthy. You wonder yeah. why there's such like a mental health epidemic right now. I mean, right, <laughs> right. So yeah, I think it could just be other little factors things also, too. but that's one of them. 
Right. Like, even if you're doing, like, once a week, taking, like, a little self-care for a couple hours, like, it can make all the difference between you Mm -hmm. doing that and not doing that. Yeah. And then one other trigger that I, I, like, wasn't even thinking about ahead of time for this episode, but I was just thinking about this morning, is decisions. Mm. Which I know we both have a hard time with a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. But if I have to make a decision, that's... I was making a decision early today. Like, wasn't even a huge deal. I'm sick, and I was trying to decide whether to go to work or not. So that was making me feel super anxious. So, yeah. Yeah. That's something I've noticed. Yeah. One thing for me is, um, like, getting into weird schedules. I know we've talked about Mm -hmm. routines a lot. Mm -hmm. And, like, some people work better with routines and some people work better without them. But I notice a lot of times, like, during finals week for me, I can get more anxious. And I know that, obviously, I can get more anxious because of, like, the content and and the material. But I think usually it's because of the weird schedule for me because the way our finals works at my school is that I usually have enough time to study and things like that I'm not like overworking Mm -hmm. myself usually too much obviously I'm a little stressed about tests and things like that Mm -hmm. but it's just weird being in a completely different schedule than I usually am and so like that's a time I notice when I really need to like step back and be accepting of myself and take care of myself when schedules just like flip around or like with traveling or things like that yeah I've definitely noticed that and I have a very irregular schedule on a daily basis Mm -hmm. which is hard for me because I am someone who thrives on routine at least to a certain extent um and it makes it harder to make time for self-care too if you don't have a regular routine so it's like kind of a I don't know, it's a tricky situation because it's hard to carve out time for those things if your schedule is different every day. So, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that one. Yeah. But it, it definitely uh, can trigger my anxiety. Yeah, for sure. And another one that is... This has been, like, super dependent for me on just, like, how I'm feeling is either, like, being overwhelmed with, like, social interactions or being, like, too isolated from social mm, interaction. Yep. <laughs> you know? So for some people's anxiety, it can very much be, like, there's too many people right now. I need to be alone. For me, last year, it was, like, if I'm not with people, I'm getting in my own head too much. So I need mm-hmm. to be with people. So it yeah. just, like, that can... And again, that can vary on the type of anxiety you have, too. But that is something where you really need to, like, get to know yourself and, like, am I an extrovert or introvert? Like, how much does my anxiety depend on that? Things like that. Um, Because people are ever-changing variables. (laughs) So you never, you kind of have to be on your toes with that one. Yeah. And I think being aware of which people you're spending time with, too. Because some people can tend to make you feel more anxious and some people make you feel a lot more calm and Mm -hmm. relaxed. But yeah, I think that's something that's really good to be aware of and something that is important to strike a good balance, like you said, in between too much social time and not enough. Yeah. I've definitely noticed that also. Mm -hmm. And then kind of related to that, I think one other thing that I've noticed is when I don't feel like I'm not in a situation where I feel really comfortable expressing myself fully, like maybe I'm around new people 
a lot, which goes back to the idea of who are you spending time with? Yeah. Or if I'm, I don't know, in a place where I just feel less comfortable, that can definitely make me feel more anxious. Yeah. Yeah, I think change in any capacity is one of those things that can be like a really subconscious trigger. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that might have been the thing for me last year is that I didn't really know what was causing my anxiety, but it might have just been lots of layers of change and transition yeah. and not like taking the time I needed to deal with that. Because I think a lot of times we can change is often either a source of fear or a source of excitement, I think. And either one of those you can get really caught up in and not take the time you need to reflect and make sure you're staying in touch with yourself. And so I think just being aware that you are going through any sort of changes can just help us remember to to take steps back and things like that. I'm going to be traveling abroad for the month of January, so I'm just trying to like prepare myself for mm-hmm. being accepting, you know, it's not always going to f- like it's going to be really fun and really exciting, but there's going to be some travel days where I'm probably a little uncomfortable. I'm going to be with mm-hmm. all new people, you know, like it's yeah. going to be a, a situation where I'm really going to have to take care of myself. Um so I think just like preparing ahead of time for that kind of thing is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, maybe this is just occurring to me now, but, like, if you don't feel like you're as comfortable in this new situation, maybe find an avenue to express yourself a little more, mm. like, safely and freely. Like, maybe that's through your art or your journaling practice or some other form of writing. Right. I think that's that a good might point. be helpful. Somewhere yeah. to channel that energy. So, now that we've talked about all the things that make us feel anxious. I think we should talk about some of the things that help us not to feel anxious. Maybe some resources and tools that we've used. That would be good. That would be the helpful part of the conversation, maybe. Because one of the reasons we touched on this earlier, one of the reasons I think it is important and helpful to talk about our anxiety is that we can learn from other people's experiences and learn what worked for them. And obviously, everybody's different and something that worked for somebody else might not work for you. But I think it's useful to hear other people's experience. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the things I'm going to talk about are things that other people have told me about. Y- mm-hmm. You know, like, it's hard to seek things out on your own, especially when you're already dealing with the anxiety part. It's hard to kind of, like, motivate yourself to then try to find ways to cope with it, you know, depending yeah. on how... Yeah how debilitating it can be right so it's helpful to get stuff from other people and other sources yeah and also since it can have so many different triggers and symptoms like sometimes you need to try a bunch of things to see what works oh, yeah. for you and so if you go to just one person and they tell you something that doesn't work for you maybe talk to some more people about it yeah and recognize that some of these things too it might take a while to have an effect yes and some of them are cumulative right to be kind to yourself that you're not going to heal in a day or a week or even a month or even a year maybe i mean you know it's just everyone has a different timeline with that yeah i think that's really important to remember so the first thing that i wanted to mention is breathing i think this is a really important one and we tend to go through life not always breathing really deeply. And I think that 
taking a moment to make sure that we are breathing deeply and taking in enough air can make a pretty big difference. And I, I think it's also important to make sure that we're like actually deep breathing and not just like pretending that we're deep breathing, but it's actually like panicky breathing. (laughs) That happened to me one time I was, I was getting blood drawn, which Mm. is also another trigger for anxiety (laughs) for me because I've had some bad experiences in the past and I was trying to like breathe really deeply to make myself feel better. And then I I started getting like super lightheaded and dizzy and felt like I was going to pass out after, um, like after he drew blood and I told the guy that, and I was like, I like, I don't really don't feel good. I feel really lightheaded. And he was like, yeah, that's cause you're panicking. You're like breathing really fast. And I was like, Oh, I was trying to breathe deeply, but <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, uh, it was more of a panicky type of breathing. Right. So anyway, something to be aware of breathing is super cool honestly it's such a like everyone has this resource Mm -hmm. you know or almost everyone has control over their breathing in some way Mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of different types of deep breathing exercises you can do too like if it's hard for you to just deep breathe without getting panicky you know Mm -hmm. like there are some things that you can do to help structure it so yes I do like four seven eight breathing so I breathe in for four hold for seven and exhale for eight that's one that my mother has taught me and that she's talked to me a lot about deep breathing and it actually like physically just calms down your stress response it like Mm -hmm. tells your body to let go of the stress response so it's a really good resource to use because it's actually like sending a message to your body to calm itself down Mm -hmm. yeah um it kind of triggers that like um oh my god i can't remember the names of the nervous (laughs) system you know the 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 sympathetic or the parasympathetic the parasympathetic okay thank you it like triggers that like parasympathetic response to calm down Mm -hmm. thank you you're welcome i knew it was like a p and an s (laughs) i knew that you're almost there yes so breathing is really good yeah and i think some other just like very physical things that can be helpful are getting enough sleep and getting enough exercise which sometimes we tend to neglect because we're really busy and we have a lot of other stuff going on, but making some, taking some time to move your body, make sure you're going to bed early enough. Mm-hmm. And then also being mindful of how we're eating and what we're eating. I know that sometimes if you have an intolerance to a certain food that can have some really dramatic effects on your mm. mental health. I've seen that in some people and heard a lot of people talk about that. And then also just eating in a way that keeps your blood sugar stable can be really helpful for anxiety. That's one of the things that my doctor asked me or like helped me to figure out a little bit more is just making sure that I'm like getting enough fiber and fat and protein at every meal and eating often enough and not waiting too long before I eat. Because that can have a pretty big effect on anxiety for some people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, also, if there are certain things that are going to 
stimulate your brain more that you maybe want to cut back on like caffeine, caffeine and alcohol yeah. and things like that yeah. yeah that can that can be big too and also if you are taking medication making sure that what you're eating is not um or other things that you're taking are not going to have like bad reactions with that mm-hmm. um like alcohol is not usually good if you're on certain mental health medications so just like being aware of those things too yeah well i'm just a little note while we're on the topic anna and i are not mental health professionals no we doctors so these are all just things that worked for us but of course you have to figure out what works for you work with your doctor your therapist psychiatrist whoever you're working with to figure out what's gonna help you yes thank you for telling me that or Thank telling you for the world. Remind, reminding the world. Yes. Telling Thank you, that. world, for listening yes. to Never Wear Blank Socks. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of this stuff is like things I've, like resources I've gotten from, like my mom, who is a doctor, and things like that. That doesn't mean that I am a professional or anything like that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you should trust your doctors. You know, have a good relationship with your doctor and yourself, and then trust those resources. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing we've talked about a lot is meditating and journaling. And I know that these have both been helpful for us. And I think the reason I kind of lumped them together for this conversation is because I think they both help with putting some space in between you and your thoughts. Because a lot of the time, our anxiety can be related to thought patterns and cycles and spirals. And if you can take a step back and sort of identify with the part of you that can notice the thoughts as a part as opposed to just identifying with the part of you that's thinking the thoughts I think can be really helpful yeah I do want to say one thing about that um I definitely believe fully in the help that meditation and journaling can provide in most situations with anxiety um but just from my experience um, this past year when I was having like, again, like more physical symptoms and less um, like mental triggers, what some mental things that did increase my anxiety were like worrying about if it was going to happen or worrying about causes mm-hmm. and things like that. And sometimes if I meditated or journaled about that, then I got more worked up about it. Mm, so yeah. just like, just like listen to yourself in that situation because you like now meditation and journaling is really helpful for me that I've kind of like treated that part of the anxiety a little better um so it just like depends like sometimes meditation and journaling will work really well and maybe other times you just like won't be feeling like it you'll just kind of want to be with other people and not be too in your own head so just yes that's like something to listen for but i fully believe in the immense help that meditation and journaling can give but i think just because anxiety is so different for different people it's just like one of those things where you have to listen to yourself at least it was for me yeah and I think related to that, sometimes if I'm feeling really anxious, I can't do just like a sitting, listen to your breath meditation. Right, right. I need something that's more guided where somebody's like helping me guide my attention through parts of my body or some kind of visualization because it can be like if your brain is spinning, it can be 
like almost making it worse to right just sit with your brain no if they're if you're (laughs) like having a panic attack and then you like listen to a meditation it's like let's just sit and breathe for a moment and your brain is just like (laughs) worrying and it's like five minutes of silence like usually that's like not where you want to be with that obviously depends on the person but yeah like the guided meditations where they're really talking to you and talking you through it can be more helpful yeah that's what I've I'm glad you brought that up yeah yeah and then another thing that I found helpful is reading things that make me feel uplifted or comforted whether that's like inspiring or spiritual things or it could just be fiction that kind of puts me in somebody else's shoes for a while and puts me in some other situation where I'm not worrying about my own stuff. Yeah. Um, This is a really good one. I think also any sort of thing that makes you feel excited or passionate about something Mm -hmm. that like detaches you from your worries. I um, asked my, my friend who does a lot of theater had pretty uh had mental health issues in high school and then they got better once she got to college which was surprising to me because college is like Mm -hmm. a pretty big time of transition and I asked her what she thought had helped and she said like really spending more time with theater helped her because it just like Mm -hmm. was something that she could immerse herself in and feel fulfilled by and sometimes just like having that sense of purpose too to really like have something else to focus on can be good but also yeah just like reading your favorite books getting into a different world you know that is super helpful especially like um coming down from like panic attacks and things like that that can be really helpful in like more acute situations i Mm -hmm. think to distract yourself yeah yeah i agree well and i think that also points to the usefulness of creativity in Mm -hmm. this situation i think like you said finding something that you're passionate and excited about like maybe that's making art or maybe that's writing something. And I think that can be a really helpful way to channel our energy into something that is making us excited instead of nervous or anxious and can also sometimes connect us to that sense of purpose. Like you said, Mm -hmm. and then another one that's helpful for me is getting out in nature. Mm hmm. That's always super helpful. Like the more naturey, the better, usually. So sometimes I'll just go outside and like find some trees and hang out with the trees for a little <laughs> bit. And that always makes me feel better. And I noticed it was really interesting this summer when I was working on an herb farm. I would often go in in the morning with all these anxieties and like thoughts bustling around in my head. And then just being there and like, squatting in the dirt and having my hands in the dirt and hanging out with plants all day made me feel so much better yeah it was also partly the community which i know is another thing that can be helpful is finding a community or people that you feel safe and valued with and that you can talk to yeah i think both of those things too can speak to spirituality in a way Mm -hmm. any way that you find something that's greater than yourself um, yeah, can be sometimes helpful and just like focusing on something else besides your anxiety. Anxiety is such an like a self uh, 
it really makes you kind of focus on yourself and it's really interior mm-hmm. and it can really absorb you absorb yourself and just like it's very isolating things like that mm-hmm. so anything that kind of takes you out of that can be helpful so any co- sort of spiritual practice you have if that's getting out of nature or being with people or finding some other or if it's church or whatever um I think that or creativity really again like yep. your artistic practices can be a spiritual experience too for sure yeah and I think for me one of the most helpful things that has made my anxiety lower on a grander scale like still I have moments of anxiety and periods of anxiety but I think in general it's better and I think one of the reasons for that is that I've made more of an effort to do the things that make me feel connected to my spirituality and connected to something that's greater than me. Yeah. So I think that's a really helpful long-term tool. Mm-hmm. And some other things we talked about, sometimes it's helpful to just have some short-term temporary things that can help. So like herbal medicine, essential oils, aromatherapy, herbal teas, things like mm-hmm. that. Like if your stomach is hurting, drinking peppermint or ginger tea can really help and calm you down yeah. at the same time. You know, things like that can just be really helpful. Um, also, like in combination with um, prescription medication, I know some prescription medication works really well with more holistic things, too. Um I personally take prescription medication and other supplements, like natural supplements that help with Mm -hmm. calming me down. And that just, like, the combination of those just really help. So, or like using a diffuser in the afternoon or whatever, things Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And I think some of those things can work for long term too. Like, an herbal tea, maybe that relieves your symptoms in the moment, but also like working with that herb every day for a period of time can also have long-term effects Mm -hmm. on your health. So yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And then I also think it's important to get professional help sometimes, which is something that we've pointed a little bit to like finding a doctor that you really trust, finding a therapist that you get along with that you can talk to and you feel is helpful Acupuncture has been really helpful for me for anxiety. Also, medication, like you said, can also be helpful. Yeah. Sometimes we, it's like sometimes I think it could be hard to allow ourselves to ask for help, especially professional help. Because, well, like you were saying earlier, you know, sometimes you can feel like, well, my anxiety is not like that bad. It's not that severe. So, like, I don't really need to go see a therapist. But, like, that doesn't mean that you wouldn't benefit from it anyway. Or I think sometimes it almost feels like accepting defeat in a way. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like I can't do it on my own. Yeah. Right. Because it is such a, again, it's such like an interior personal thing. You're like, well, yeah. if I just do these things and I mean, you can do all these holistic things and it still might not get better. It just depends. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on the person. And so sometimes you need to go to that professional help. It just, yeah. it just depends on the person. So I think, and if you have people in your life that you trust to look out for you, and if, if those people are telling you to get professional help, like, listen to them. You know, they have mm-hmm. your best interests at heart. Yeah. And even if the people in your life don't think you need professional help. Yes, that's also a good point. that can also sometimes make it harder to mm. seek professional help if the people in your life, like, think that you're competent and capable of yeah. doing this thing on your own. I've experienced that where, like... 
I don't know, I'm really good at kind of covering up Mm -hmm. my anxiety. Like, I'm very high-functioning, even if I'm feeling really anxious. So other people don't always realize how I'm feeling on the inside. So, like, it was really hard for me to ask for help with these things, especially professionally. Um, But it's been really helpful. Yeah. Well, and also, like, seeking professional help doesn't have to be a big deal, either. It's like seeking professional help for any physical ailment you have yeah like it, it's exactly. treating it's it's helping you be well you know there's nothing right. like you don't have to be it doesn't have to be completely debilitating for you to seek that out like there's right. no standard you have to reach to be able to seek out professional help exactly I think I had that block for a long time I was like why well, like I don't really need a therapist like I'm mostly okay right I can probably do this by myself but I like therapy has been super helpful. Yeah. So I think a lot of people could benefit from it. Yeah. And if you can't afford certain professional help too, there are some good apps online or online resources where you can like Mm, chat with online therapists and things like that. Obviously look into those beforehand to make sure that it looks like a, uh, something that will be helpful and and legit. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But, but like there are resources out there for you where you can seek help that or if like being face to face with someone just gives you even more anxiety if that really freaks you out like there are resources you can seek out yeah that's true i think there's some um like texting almost services where you can text therapists which is pretty cool yeah yep so that can be helpful and obviously you can combine any of these resources too sometimes Mm -hmm. like for me not only when I take breaks and slow down, I'm not just like laying on the floor or anything, although that can be really nice. But mm-hmm. sometimes I'll take a break and slow down and like read a book. And so right. not only am I slowing down for myself, but I'm also getting into that world that I really love. And that can those both can be like doubly beneficial then. So mm-hmm. just kind of practicing those in combination with each other. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of these things are really useful in combination. And yeah. Sometimes you need a lot of uh, allies on your side to deal with things. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Yeah. And sometimes just knowing you have resources is a treatment in and of itself, you know? Mm-hmm. If, yeah, it's comforting. Right. Like, I in my backpack, I always have my little aromatherapy like inhalers mm-hmm. and I hardly ever use them. But like knowing that they're there is just like comforting. Yeah. If there are things yeah. that you need, like if you need to put your book by your bed. So if you wake up in the middle of the night, you can read something or, whatever. you know, like yeah. anything like that is just helpful to like this is my last resort, but at least I have it. Because usually then right. you won't even use it. You won't even have to use it. Like the fact that it's it there it will better. like be the treatment. Yeah. So recognizing like little mental tricks like that um, can be helpful. That's true. Yeah. I'm glad that you pointed that out. Yeah. And also just remember that sometimes anxiety can be really scary and it's hard. It, it can be, it can make you feel really helpless and sometimes it's not possible for you to get into a positive place all the time, but it is temporary and remind yourself that it's temporary or really have someone you trust, like be aware of what you're going through and have them remind you that your lows are temporary and that 
your relationship with anxiety is an ongoing process and some days it's going to be bad and some days it's going to be better and it it's something that you will be able to heal with over time mm-hmm. yeah i think it's really important to have compassion and accept where we're at yeah because sometimes it's kind of terrible but again if you can accept that that at least you're not having terrible feelings about it being terrible yeah like we said earlier right call to action this week for our creative souls is comment a heart emoji on our social media to let us know that we're not alone in the anxiety club because I bet we're not. I bet there are a lot of people out there listening and not listening who have also dealt with anxiety. So just, just let us know that we're not alone. We'll send you a heart back. So you can find our social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Never Wear Boring Socks. And we're on Twitter at No Boring Socks. And you can also send us an email if you have any feedback, if you want to get in touch. We're at NeverWearBoringSocks at gmail.com. Do you have a quote for us this week, Maria? I do have a quote for us today, Anna. This one is from Epictetus, which I just Googled. He was a Greek Stoic philosopher. And he said... Man is not worried by real problems so much as by his imagined anxieties about real problems. And I like this because, while I do 100% believe that your feelings are real and valid, if you're having anxious feelings, I think that those feelings are real. But I think a lot of the time our anxieties are about you know, something that's maybe not happening right now in this moment. It's something that we're kind of projecting onto something. And I think when we're actually thinking about the real things, we're not as anxious about them. I don't feel like I'm being very articulate. I get what you're trying to say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think it part of it comes down to mindfulness. We always come back to yeah. this. It's yes. like being present can help us detach from the anxieties that we have because yeah I know a lot of times we might be anxious about a certain thing but then like worrying about our anxiety or worrying about something that's going to happen that may or not happen the way you think it will things like that can be right can be very valid sources of anxiety but I think it's helpful to recognize where that anxiety is coming from. Yes. Because, yeah, because then... That's what I was trying to say. Right. Like, I think that can really empower us to... Or kind of, like, take away the power that the anxiety is having over us. You know? Um, when we recognize that, like, what is actually happening right now? You know? What is real mm-hmm. and true? What can I really hold on to? And what can I let go of? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for some some wisdom of Epictetus. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Thank you for listening to Never Wear Boring Socks today. And we will be back with a new episode next week. And that will be our last episode for a little while. We take a holiday break. So we'll do a little we'll do a little holiday resolutions, things like that. Recap. Some year end, yes. new year thoughts. Yes. We'll be doing that next week. 
So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss that. And you can also leave us a rating and review in iTunes if you're enjoying the show and want to help us reach more people. You can find show notes for this episode at mariacatherine.com slash podcast slash 052. And Catherine is spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. Thank you to Ben Ramsey, the Cheese Beast, our audio editor and theme song collaborator, and to Martha Barnard, our fabulous mandolinist. We'll talk to you next week, and until then, never wear boring socks. <laughs>